Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So, there are a couple of incidences leading up to the not-so-imaginary friend that I'll talk about first because I think they might be related. When my son was a baby, one of his first words was guy. He would say mama, daddy, and guy. He was seeing something that we couldn't see and he called it guy. For example, he would point to the corner of the room and say guy. Never scared, but sort of excited when he would point to him. Sometimes he would wave at him and giggle. Being who we are, we just assumed that he was seeing something spiritual. At the time, Guy never caused us any issues and my son didn't seem afraid. Time went on and as my son got older and could speak a little better, he told me that he wanted Guy to leave. And to be honest, he seemed a little bit uneasy. We were in my bedroom and I was holding my son on my hip. My son pointed to the corner of the room to let me know that Guy was there. I said to Guy in a firm voice, feeling a little bit silly to be honest... Guy, it's time for you to leave our house. Please move on in peace, but you're not welcome here anymore. But before I could finish speaking, my son let out a deafening scream, buried his face in my shoulder and cried, Run, 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 mummy, run. He was crying and terrified. Super startled too, I just embraced my son and I ran out of the room. I tried not to show my fear. I wanted to be brave for my son, but to be honest, it really rattled me. I don't know what he saw that day. I can only really imagine. His reaction was just so intense. I asked, but he just refused to talk about it. Whatever it was, though, it was real to him and extremely scary for both of us. It was from this point forward that my son had problems sleeping at night, scared of the dark, started walking in his sleep and just very jumpy. He never spoke of Guy again, but we did have other stuff sort of happen. 
We experienced lots of activity, I guess you could call it, in that house, like shadow figures, lights turning on, disembodied voices, items falling off of tables on their own, etc. One particular light, in fact, that would turn on randomly was in my son's closet. I never told anyone about the light, but one night my sister was babysitting my son and she says to me nervously, what's up with your child's closet? It's creepy in there and... I swear the light keeps turning on. Fast forward though, my son is four years old now and starts interacting with something that I can't see again. Some might say an imaginary friend. He would talk to him when he was playing alone and would stop talking when I entered the room. This went on for a couple of weeks and whenever I would ask about his friend, he would sort of shy away from it. but didn't really want to talk about it. Eventually my son told me that this friend was sad because his family was far away and that that's why he was staying with us now. I asked if this friend had a name and my son says, yeah, he's a kid and his name is Godmo. I was expecting to hear a, a common name like John or something. I thought to myself, well, that's a really strange name and... I sort of felt a little bit anxious about it, if I'm being honest. Realizing, though, that my son was ready to talk about his friend, I would ask him questions about Godmo during normal conversation. I never pressed him for too much information because I didn't want him to stop talking to me about it. But my son tells me, though, that Godmo comes and goes through our mirrors. And man, do I get goosebumps just thinking about that. Mirrors? Like mirrors? According to my son, he enters our home through the mirror above my bed and exits through the bathroom mirror. That was really elaborate info for a four-year-old and now I'm starting to feel, well, quite uneasy about this godmo. I started researching mirrors and spirits and I quickly find out that maybe I should remove the mirror above my bed. Apparently, we are most vulnerable when we're sleeping and a mirror could act as a doorway. Anyway, days go by and the activity in our home ramps up. One example, for instance, was that after putting my son to bed, I heard things being moved in his room and it sounded a lot like someone digging around in a toy box. I get up and go back into his room thinking that my son was awake. I see that his bedroom light is on I walk into the room ready to tell him to get back into bed and he was completely sound asleep. Not only was he sound asleep too, but he was perfectly tucked in and not one blanket had been moved. It was clear to me that he had not been out of bed. And I know what I heard and I have no clue how or why his light is on. The next morning, I asked my son if he turned his light on last night, knowing that he didn't, but I had to ask anyway. And he says to me, no, but Godmo turns on the lights because he doesn't like the dark. I asked him if Godmo scares him sometimes, and to my surprise, he said yes, when he gets angry. Oh, and he does not like you, mum. Angry? And he doesn't like me? At this point, I'm pretty much done with Godmo. Concerned for my baby, I spoke to my sister about everything and she agreed that she didn't feel good about it either. It's creepy, right? I always trust my first instinct. 
So could this Godmo be something sinister? Could it be posing as a little kid but actually be something else? Something dark and evil? All things considered, I didn't know for certain, but I felt concerned and I was worried about my four-year-old. I mean, even the name Godmo alone was really weird to me. So I decided that it was time to do something. In the end, I decided upon a major spiritual cleanse in my home. I sage, white sage, randomly, but this time I was more thorough, more serious and focused. At the time, I thought that this was best to do this when my son wasn't at home. Although I am spiritual, open-minded, and believe in the paranormal, I don't push my beliefs and practices on my kids. So he was unaware of what I was doing. Lots of praying, sage, calling on angels for protection, candles, you name it. I also removed that mirror from my bedroom. And the activity settles. Approximately three weeks later, I think, my son comes to me very upset though, still unaware of the cleanse. And he tells me that he wants Godmo back. Please bring him back. I told him that Godmo returned to his family not knowing how to explain these things that I don't even fully understand myself to a four-year-old. But that for me confirmed that there was something very real and very strange going on. I mean, like I said, my four-year-old wasn't there and I did all this stuff quietly and alone. So how he knew that Godmo was supposed to be gone at this stage? Well, I can only put that down to the fact that whatever this thing was, it actually been removed. When I would discuss this with close family, I felt like I needed to be cautious about saying Godmo out loud. His name makes me nervous and I just didn't want Godmo to return. My inner voice is telling me not to repeat his name. I can't explain why, but it's just how I feel and even now I don't like sharing it. Years later though, in a different home, my son, seven years old at the time, started seeing a dark shadow in the hallway where I had hung the old bedroom mirror in our house. And it was at that point that I trashed that mirror. I don't know if the shadow was connected to his previous experience, but either way, I decided to get rid of that mirror. We still have activity, but nothing that really concerns me anymore. Nothing too heavy. Overall, we have more positive experiences than negative ones, to be honest. But, yeah, Godmo, that's an experience that I'll never forget. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So about 10 years ago, I'm a cocky little thing. 
18-year-old dude who thinks he has the world by the balls. The world had me by the balls, I later discovered though. And I was with my very serious girlfriend of two years and counting. It was the first time that I'd ever dated a girl and it really felt like I was in love and could see myself marrying this girl in fact. Thank God that that didn't happen though. That's a whole nother story. But my parents are really strict conservative Christians. They'd never let me and my girlfriend Caitlin share a room at night. Caitlin's parents didn't really care at all, but they let us drink and we had our own bedroom upstairs. Looking back, her mum was kind of not the best mother, but she was nice enough, so yeah, she was alright. Anyway, one weekend in summer, Caitlin and her parents asked if I would like to come up for three hours up north to her grandparents' town for their anniversary. This place is hours away from civilization, pretty much as secluded as it gets in fact. You even see some Amish people the whole way up there, northern Michigan if anyone would like to know. So I said, yeah, okay. Her grandparents are pretty wealthy and fun and I knew that it was going to be a fun time. But too many people stayed in their really big lovely house so we had to rent a cabin in the woods. This cabin is at least 20 minutes from the village or town or whatever. And right away, it just seemed a bit off. It was back in the woods off this sort of creepy, secluded and quiet dirt road. Everything was completely silent. The house next to us was dead silent and empty. And it was just us there. I'm not too worried about it at all because I have this wonderful and fleeting confidence that alcohol and the possibility of getting some action this weekend is on the menu. So I'll skip the daytime activities as they don't really matter all that much here. We basically just had a regular fun time with the family and we returned to our cabin for the night. Now, our room was upstairs in this sort of loft area. This cabin was oldish and rustic and just, well, empty for a lack of a better term. Not physically empty, but just void of something. The kind of emptiness that you can almost feel, but... Hey, we're out in the woods and no one has probably been here like in ages. So of course it feels kind of dead in here, right? That night though was when it happened. And I'm positive that I'll miss a bunch of details as I sort of blocked out the memory as best as I could until, well, I saw this place and it came back. So... I'm sleeping in this really awful mattress next to Caitlin and I drift off and have the most horrible nightmares. They weren't dreams though, it was sort of real. It was as though my soul was able to move around and even interact with the bedroom and I could even see our bodies were lying fast asleep there. But I was sort of awake. My body was asleep but I was somehow completely mobile without a body. It was a weird dream and to be honest I thought that that's all it was. And the bedroom was dark and the moonlight from the window lit up the center of the room. And there were so many people there, all deceased, standing in a circle sort of chanting. In the center of their circle I see a little girl with blonde hair, maybe seven years old, and she's in this white dress, almost glowing too in the most disturbing way. The people turn to me as they notice that I'm watching and am aware of the fact that I'm there. They slowly approach me all chanting and murmuring. I can't remember the words exactly but I'm positive that they were performing some sort of a ritual or sacrifice to kill this girl. 
It was like the scene from Rosemary's Baby, something that I never saw till very recently, but that's the best way to describe it. Anyway, they came to me with their hands outstretched, looking dead and sort of rotten, and as they begin to strangle me, I wake up. And waking up is usually when everything goes back to normal, right? But I wake up and see the rocking chair is rocking, like flying as if someone had slammed into it. At this point, I'm just like, nope, and I close my eyes and I just pray and hope the sun will rise soon. It didn't though, and unfortunately, at some point, I fell back to sleep. The next dream goes like this. I'm on a roller coaster with all sorts of people, and it's going straight to the sky up into heaven. I'm happy and stoked and cheering, and right before we get to the pearly gates, the roller coaster goes down, straight down, into the earth and into the fire and into hell. And all I can hear is blood-curdling screams for help and screams of murder. So much agony and terror. It was honestly one of the most awful things that I've ever experienced. And I could feel the burning of the fire and the pain of the screams just surrounding me in every way. Finally though, I wake up and the sun is up. I'm covered in sweat and I look over to see my girlfriend in the fetal position shaking and crying. I ask her what's wrong, knowing that I think I already know the answer, hoping that it was something else. And all she could say was, the girl, the girl, over and over again. I asked her what happened, and she said that she saw a little girl in a white dress standing in the middle of the room, staring at us and dancing. And she claimed that she wasn't even asleep. She went on to explain too how she had waken up periodically to see the rocking chair just rocking back and forth like I had. Mind you, I hadn't said a word about everything that I had experienced yet and she pretty much confirmed everything, which obviously only made everything so much worse. I don't really have an exciting end to this story too. You see, the next night and the night after that, I just didn't sleep. There was a porn stars marathon on TV, thank God, and I stayed up all night with the lights blasting from that to stay awake. I didn't sleep again, in fact, until the car ride home. Caitlin and I talked about it, uh, I think maybe once or twice after that, and then we just never spoke of it again. I guess that I'll never really know what actually happened that night, or if I was just going crazy or something... All I can say for sure is that I'm never going anywhere near that town again. As much as I would like answers, I would rather just forget about, well, all of this. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. 
Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So this happened when I was about 10, I think. For background, I grew up on a rural 18-acre farm out in the middle of nowhere with my little sister and my mother. Occasionally, at night, my father would show up. Long story. But oftentimes, it was just us three. Our property was shaped like a, a big rectangle almost, with our house on the very edge of the property with a dirt and limestone road in front of it, and the rest of the property extended back behind us. We had some unfriendly neighbors across the dirt road from us, and after that there were some mobile homes a few miles away on the right and the left. My room was in the back of the house with a large window looking out at our fence backyard that the sheep were in, and then after that there was another fence with a pasture for the goats, and onwards to another pasture with a fence for our ponies. This is relevant too because in order for anything to be in our backyard you would have to get past at least one of those fences. Now, one night I was playing with my action figures on the floor around bedtime when I heard a weird knocking noise coming from my window and I always had the blinds shut at night because I was scared of the dark at that time. Being so young I immediately panicked and ran into my mum's room in the front of the house and hysterically told her what had happened. She came over to my room and popped the blinds up and looked around but there was nothing there except for some sheep in the distance. Since we lived in a pretty wooded area, my mother assured me that it was probably just an animal knocking against the wood of our house. And to be honest, this satisfied me at that moment and I just went back to bed shortly after. A few weeks went by and occasionally I would hear knocking on my window which would freak me out but since I was assured that it was just an animal I would just go back to sleep. A few more weeks went by and I hadn't heard anything for a while until one night, very very late at night, I was awoken by a really loud knocking from what sounded like the glass on my window. This was weirder than normal but still wasn't overly scary to me. Still, I decided that this particular knock needed an investigation since it sounded so much louder than all the other ones. So I hopped out of bed and creeped up to the window and popped the bottom blind up to see if I could finally spot this animal. And what I saw still gives me shivers to this day. What I saw was a, a pair of bare human feet with dirty blue jeans and their waist up, obscured by the rest of the blinds. Then, to my mounting horror, the legs shifted and the torso leaned down as the person standing behind my window was attempting to look in through the slot in the blinds that I had made. I screamed as loud as I ever have and ran shrieking past my sister's room, through the living room, the kitchen, and into my mother's bedroom. This sent all the dogs scrambling through the house barking and woke my sister who also ran crying to my mum's room. Luckily for us, my mum was up doing work on her laptop and through my sobs I explained what happened. To my mother's credit, she took me seriously and locked us all in the bathroom and called 911. We stood there crouched in the bathtub with her for what seemed like hours as the cops tried to find where our house was down the twisting country roads. They eventually showed up, looked around the property and 
they found human footprints in the sand outside my window, but nothing else. We ended up leaving for a while to stay at my grandma's house in town, but eventually we went back home after a week. My mother ended up buying an axe, but that was all the protection that we had since she was a major hippie and didn't believe in owning firearms and stuff. There were a few more incidences with knocking, but each time my mum would check, there was never any person there again, which, to be honest, I'm thankful for. To this day, I always shut the blinds at night, and I never look past the blinds when it's dark. In 2009, I was a delivery driver for a place that I won't name. I'd been a delivery driver for a while at this point and I love the job. I'm super extroverted anyway and love chatting with people and it was just fun. I also had my fair share of mildly creepy encounters given that I'm a girl and I was delivering in one of the sketchier areas of my city. I never thought really much of any of them or saw any real threat. But one night in particular has always stuck with me. I worked the night shift, so from 4pm to 10pm. At around 8pm this night, some guy ordered his food and the delivery was easy enough. His house was kind of creepy. Like, there were no lights and when he answered the door, there was a foul smell that immediately hit me. He also didn't say anything and I said my usual... Uh, there's that for you, and uh, could I get you to fill this out? Uh, the tip thing. But he didn't reply at all, or even acknowledge me asking him to sign the slip. I didn't think too much of it, and I just headed back to the store. And almost exactly when I arrived back, another order popped up to the same house. And he had ordered the exact same thing. I was confused, but... Still not too worried and took the delivery and had the same experience. No lights on, smelled terrible and he didn't say a word. I headed back to the store feeling pretty uncomfortable but again didn't think too much of it. But I started to get extremely uncomfortable when I arrived back to the store and another identical order was up. My manager at the time, unfortunately, didn't understand the creepiness of the whole thing and insisted that I take it. Despite my reluctance, I took it. But this time when he opened the door, I told him, you can order more than one sandwich at a time, you know, as a sort of attempt at humor. He didn't say anything and just closed the door. I was thoroughly creeped out and I did a sort of sprint back to the car and when I looked back at the house, I noticed that a light was on and I saw someone standing at the window. I couldn't make out any features, but I just assumed that it was him. In the end, I still don't know who was standing in the window or why. My manager called me from the store before I was even able to start my car to inform me that another identical delivery had popped up, and he directed me to leave as quickly as I could because he was starting to see the danger of the situation. As the call ended, I saw the man running up to my car. I couldn't move for a second because, honestly, I was just in shock. But he was yelling something that I couldn't understand. I just sped away as fast as I possibly could given that I was shaking like a leaf. 
but we blacklisted this guy that night after he made several attempts to call the store. I still have no idea what his endgame was or who that other person was up the stairs. Was this an attempt to have me come back so that they could do something to me? Was that person upstairs the one ordering this stuff? And did they need help? I'm still puzzled by the whole situation, but man, was it creepy. So this is one of those rare times where I was so confused as a kid that it stuck with me even 13 years later. This is a bit of a long one, but I would love to hear your thoughts about it, so stick with me. So this was when I was like 8 or 9 years old in my old house, in a building with like 20-something apartments. This building was built in our land and we got houses there and about half of all the apartments were occupied by our relatives and the other half by friends and people that we knew. In our small street there was just two buildings and some private houses owned by us so we pretty much knew everybody. And this was set up that way so that all of us would be very familiar with everyone living around us. Now one day when my parents and little sister went out, I wanted to stay and watch cartoons by myself. And my parents, weirdly enough, allowed for me for the first time to stay alone. My grandma was next door and they would usually call her to check on me, but not this time. So I watched some of my favorite shows and when they were done, or maybe the electricity went off, I don't remember exactly... I remember that I was just alone without doing anything and the only thing keeping me company was my sister's doll that my mum had put on the counter. But I distinctly remember that when I looked over, the doll seemed like it was looking at me. Almost like everywhere I moved. This doll was given to my sister a couple of days ago by my little cousin that owned it before her. And they have one year difference. And I absolutely hated this doll while my sister loved it so much and was completely obsessed with it. I was absolutely not allowed to touch it or she would cry and my mum and dad would yell at me. She never let it go, even leaving the doll at home was weird, but I mean, whatever, right? But I just got this feeling of dread the more and more I looked at it. So I decided that this was my chance to get rid of it. I grabbed it, hit it, stomped it, smashed it on the wall, and then decided that I was going to throw it off the balcony. It was raining heavily that day, so we had our large collapsible tarp fully extended. Me being a little kid, I was shorter than the balcony wall, so I pushed the doll to fall, and after that, I left happily. After a while, my family returned home and I definitely thought that I was going to get in trouble because my sister would immediately want the doll that she was forced to leave at home, but in the end, nothing came of it. She didn't ask for it, my parents didn't seem to notice that it was gone. It was almost like it never existed and to be honest, I, I was okay with that. In fact, I was kind of happy about that. Hours later, I was watching cartoons again with my sister, and we were all in the living room. Dad was sleeping on the couch, Mum was washing the dishes, and it was about 9pm when the doorbell rang, and I yelled, Mum, the door, and she answered, open it then. Now, this was really weird, because 
She had many times told me and my sister to never open the door without a grown-up present under no circumstances. If we were alone, we shouldn't even answer and now she's telling me to go by myself and at night to open it? My sister, excited that mum was letting us finally open it, but me having my mum's words ring in my head, told her to go back and I would open it. I did, expecting my grandpa or cousin or somebody that I knew to ask for something like vegetables or something like that. It usually happens. But I opened the door and I see this guy with like grey hair in his 50s with a wild grin on his face. He had really long teeth and a wide mouth. He was soaked, no umbrella, already grinning when I opened the door and with his hands behind his back. But before I even said anything from behind his back, he pulled that doll out, gave it to me, and then just went back downstairs to go outside of the building. I had this gut-wrenching dread and fear, like how did this guy that I'd never seen before know my house? How did he know that it was our doll? Why did he go through the trouble to bring it? I ran to the window to see him come out of the building. I waited, I waited, and I waited, but he just never came. I just took the doll that had no signs of me beating it or crushing it, and I put it back on the counter. I went back to the living room and my mum didn't ask me who it was. My sister saw the doll and said, my doll, but never went to it. I definitely expected her to run to it. I definitely expected my mum to ask who came to the door at like 9pm, but nothing. Everybody just did absolutely nothing. The next day, I asked my sister why she didn't play with a doll last night and she answered, I don't want it. I asked her multiple times why and she was sure but every time she said I just don't want it. So I took the doll and I put it in the trash. My parents never asked why the doll was in the trash and it was thrown out with them and I luckily never saw it again. Now the weird thing though is that when I questioned my family about that night they don't really remember it. They don't even really remember my sister having that doll. The whole thing is just really weird and I can't explain it even to this day how everything was just so strange and off at that time. What do you guys think? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.